All right, guys, what's going on? It's the Mooncast with your guy, Moon Roving BTC. Grateful to be hanging out with you all again. We've got an awesome guest today from Yaku Corp. Gonna be hanging out with Poppy there, who's kind of running the show as far as the marketing, communications, and other pieces go. So we'll dig deep into Yaku Corp and what they're building. Super pumped to have them here. I do want to give a shout out to Stargate Dow, who is our sponsor. Uh, we are presented by those guys, so check them out. They're building real life high tech experiences, starting with an awesome bar out in San Francisco. So uh, check them out if you have interest in that. But yeah, so let's get rolling. Let's start digging in a little bit. Um, grateful and Poppy. Do you prefer to go by Poppy? Is that a, a good... uh, you, you can call me Grim? Actually, it's probably the, the some people get weird about saying Poppy. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. Grim sounds a little scary. You, you know, uh, it's it's born out of an old gamer tag. I used to I used to play as Grim Jow, which is a, a character from Bleach. So I'm already giving away my wee background, uh, and I wanted to make it a little more a little more uh, creative and unique. And so so Poppy Chulo Grim instead now, but so okay. Grim for short. <laughs> yeah, Grim works. You know, Poppy isn't too bad, but uh, Grim's a little bit more you know uh, mature, I guess. <laughs> right. So let's talk about Yaku Corp. Um, before we kind of break into the project, uh, maybe give a little, give me a little bit of background on you. You know, and I know there's only so much that you can share, but uh, reading a little bit about you, at least in the white paper, you know, public relations background. Uh, I think you're currently in sales for a Fortune 100 company. Um, you've done some digital strategy in the past. You hung out with Patrick Mahomes, which is pretty cool. I so did. That was you, a good day. <laughs> Sent him a text and. Uh, a little, you know, when he got knocked off this season, maybe you sent him a little uh, frown face. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I was sending myself frown faces for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy year for sure. And then you've been no, everywhere, I think, from San Diego to, to the Philippines. Is that right? For for some for work stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, my, my background personally, uh, when I was in college uh, I, was, I was trying to figure out my way so uh, for anyone out there who's who's currently in your uh, post-secondary education life and you're not sure how things are going for you you got plenty of time to figure it out uh, first off I know there's a lot of people in this space who that that's probably about where they're at you know they're they're dabbling in crypto and nfts while they're doing their university studies and uh, it's okay to not know what you got going on man uh, I went for uh, you I know, still the, don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, we're all still trying to figure it out day by day, right? I uh, personally really found my my footing and my stride for what I wanted to do more long term in my last year and a half, two years of school, uh, and I went for longer than four, so that's also okay. Where uh, I I settled into PR specifically, and I was launching at the time at my university an in-house uh, student-run PR firm. We could take on real-world clients. And the school actually ended up backing out of this idea. They had fears of liabilities, of having students work directly with clients without, you know, staff or advisor uh, oversight into that. And uh, I, I decided that I would just go ahead since I'd already made a commitment to several of these real world clients that I just take it on myself. And so for my last year, year and a half while I was in university, I uh, was working and, and going to class, you know, working a job at the university itself, helping run a department and also working with three or four clients on the side. And one of those clients ended up hiring me on full-time after graduation. And that's really where I got my start in sort of the oh, wow. mix okay. of, of PR and, and digital marketing really. So my first four years as a post-grad was with the same company. 
uh, growing the digital marketing footprint there significantly. So ended up uh, at the at the peak and height of my time with that organization, being able to do cool things like uh, write and direct and produce varying forms of advertisements for uh, you know paid social, but also for your more traditional outlets like television. Uh, we had some some shows run, of course, with our Patrick Mahomes commercial during like the AFC Championship. Uh, that year, very things cool. of that nature. So, so very cool, very exciting opportunity for me. Uh, gave me a, a lot of opportunity and exposure into different areas and and uh, realms within marketing and PR. So, very appreciative for that for that opportunity with that uh, organization. And it it really just put me in a great position to to do great long term, uh, including continuing to do some side work. So they were very kind and allowed me as long as I was working on companies that were outside of the vertical of that industry to take on other clients on the side still in my free time. So, uh, you know, those student loans, they, uh, <laughs> they, they stack up there a little bit. And uh, I was looking for every opportunity to pay those bad dads off a little sooner. So uh, that's when I really started working with these companies that were based all over the place. So my, my biggest client at the time working, again, on, on the side of, a, of an already full-time job, sure. was b- based out of San Diego, a ceramics company, and getting their whole digital footprint really launched and working with uh, some of their other supply chain uh, cohorts, I guess, some of the people that they work with, to establish their digital footprint as well. So uh, they had a... a facility based overseas that was a family run operation uh, that did ceramics production and things of that nature as well over in the Philippines that we were able to do some commercial shoots there in that facility to show uh, because I think a lot of people you know especially here in the U.S. we we have this conception of what does that Asian production market look like right and of course your your mind immediately for the most part at least for for many of the people i know goes to uh, those large scale factories right where they're pumping out iphones and they've got nets on the building to catch people in case they jump and it's a very uh <laughs> very negative look and feel right uh but this is a, a family-run operation multi-generational small boutique sort of a, a setup and so we wanted to highlight that to to speak to you know who this family is their background so through that, had a lot of had a lot of cool opportunities with some of these side businesses that I worked with to get a lot more exposure to other uh, industries, verticals, and, and things of that nature, and and just continue to sort of build up my professional background there. And uh, it led me to where I am today. So yeah, as as you said, I'm doing sales now, uh, outside sales for a, a pretty large publicly traded uh, company. Hopefully for not too much longer. Hopefully uh, here pretty soon. The goal is to be doing Yaku full time. But uh, that that's a little bit of my background. That's sort yeah, of where I come from kind of regain control of your destiny, right? You got to break away from corporate. Yeah. You know, the uh, corporate America has its upsides. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of stability there. Obviously Uh, the company I work for without naming them is a pharmaceutical company. So obviously that comes with great benefits, uh, wonderful healthcare, but you know, at the end of the day, sometimes uh, there's things that are, that are more important than just having really good healthcare, (laughs) you know, your, uh, your interests and your passions in life are important. And so is making sure that you're charting your own your own path. And uh, one of my one of my favorite things to say is, you know, life really starts outside your comfort zone, and get getting uncomfortable is good for you sometimes. Well, I was told uh, what was this quote someone used recently with me that you know when you you know corporate America is where innovative minds go to die. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
you it's, know, there's just uh, the innovation can happen there for sure, for certain, but there's definitely limitations. And I, I, I truly believe with crypto NFTs, uh, you're going to see just a mass migration of people leaving corporate America for, you know, small startup opportunities where they have more control, more, more influence and more opportunity to, to grow in a, in a different way. Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously we, we are all in this space for uh, at least partially some sort of monetary incentive, right? There's there's definitely the obvious draw of, hey, if I can get in early to a, a good crypto project, there's a lot of opportunity for me to, to make some money uh, more so than maybe in some traditional outlets, right? But I think people really underestimate the the power and importance of the sort of creative outlet that it also is and the flexibility it provides because it is very different than the world of of red tape and bureaucracy that is corporate Nine america to five <laughs> meetings, you know, all these people having back to back meetings it doesn't it, what do you what are you doing all day i know some people need to have that but it's just it's crazy i yeah, i work in a pretty big company as well full time and it's just amazing to me, all different levels of folks just completely jammed with their calendars, weeks out. Uh, you're telling me that you, you can't maneuver things around. You, you, know, you have to be in every single meeting every half hour all day long. It sounds like prison, you know? Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, that's uh, a conversation for another day. We could talk quite a while about that. Um, I think I may have lost you briefly. Yeah, you are. I'm just recording. Uh, Sorry about that, man. I don't know what happened there. I think you're just laughing so hard you hit just cancel, you know, get out of the show. Yeah, I just just said bail. (laughs) Exit now. Um, All right. So, yeah, corporate America, that's been great. I'd love to hear more about maybe just quickly how you got into crypto, the NFT space, and then we can start digging into the the Yahoo Corp stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I really first uh, had any interest in crypto uh, years ago. Uh, I moved from uh, Missouri to Texas back when I was in my late teens, early 20s, had a lot of free time at the time, and spent a lot of time digging around uh, on like the the tour network and, you know, sort of more on like the quote unquote dark web, uh, you know, and, and things of that nature, checking out like the old Silk Road, right, and all of these old, old internet things there. And I never, I never once decided to buy Bitcoin. I knew what it was. I knew that people were at the time using it for uh, what felt like strictly uh, underhanded CD activity. And at no point was I ever in the mindset of, well, I should buy some of this, despite it being, you know, like we're talking literally at the time it would have been uh, less than a hundred dollars, I think. And uh, so that's when I, I knew what it was. It was on my radar, but I didn't ever really get involved in it actively and trying to trade coins of any uh, kind until just a couple of years ago. And then I really never had a mindset of I'm going to be actively involved in this space until I would say when the pandemic started, uh, you know, when you've got extra time at home and you're sort of locked away and there's so many of your local amenities and things to do are shut down. It's kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to do with my free time? And that really kicked off my, my more concerted efforts in trying to learn about it, be involved in it. Uh, and I, I found soul NFTs in mid to late last year. And, uh, since then it's just, it's been nonstop at that point. I, uh, have really enjoyed it. You know, I, I started with the mindset of, 
okay, what, what can I flip? There's money to be made here. I don't know anything about any of these projects, but I know I can make some money because people are doing it. It's, it's bound to happen for me too. And uh, it's funny how quickly that mindset turns into, okay, there's, there's something going on here and I need to pay more attention. And I think some of these things are, are more valuable than can I buy it and sell it for 50% immediately? Yeah. And, and even the flipping the flipping piece, right? I mean, a lot of times you'll miss something. Oh, I'll flip this, and then and I never I've never been a flipper, but I know it happens where people come in, think they're gonna flip it, and then the thing sinks below, you know, what you actually picked it up at. So then it's oh, a long time hold. They're like, oh, I'm just gonna hold this thing long term. It's got, and then you know it may never come back. Who knows? But um, and then there was a the flip opportunities too, right? So, but there's a lot more to it. Exactly right. There's so much more that's being built. It's it's worth more than just a, a flipping opportunity for certain. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I I came thinking that hey, this would be an an easy way to print money in my spare time because Get everyone, quick. Yeah. yep, everyone else on the internet seems to be doing it, and uh, stayed around because I loved it. I mean, I met some great people. Um, Really, the the funniest thing I think for me personally. So my first Soul NFT group I was in was a now defunct Discord server called Soul Sauce. That was a great community. Some of the people I met there are incredible. Still, some of my best friends in the space to this day. But the owner of the server uh, went on to become a serial rugger. And many of us left that server oh, when they did uh, a couple very noticeable, very quick cash grabs that they, they, it was, this was back when, you know, uh, stealth mints were like the hype thing, right? During that weird yeah, yeah. meta we had. And uh, this, this person had launched their own project and we all knew what it was and we understood there was no roadmap because this was back when really roadmaps didn't exist. It was mint DAO. What else do you need? And, uh, all of a sudden, a few days later, they had, ooh, we found out about this Stealth Mint. It's launching right now. And I got on, and I, you know, my background being digital marketing, I noticed I was like, the, the template for this website is the exact same as the Mint website from his previous collection. It has the same ending URL. It was .xyz, which is, is not the norm. And so I just asked, I was like, hey, man, this 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 is really you, right? Like, you can tell me. It's fine. I was trying to honey dick him and get him to, to tell me, right? I was like, dude, don't worry. Like, I get it. You're making a bag. You can let me know. I'm trying to get him to admit it. And he would never admit it, but I just knew. And so I was like, that's that's a big red flag. I'm out. And uh, they went on to do a, a several of these, apparently. They uh, were actually featured, uh, for any of you out there that have seen the video, by undervalued NFTs. They were they went on to do the Karai Ninjas project, uh, that got some got some attention, and uh, so that was like my first experience at Soul NFTs was some guy trying to rug me like four times. <laughs> but met great people, and then in that same instance, I figured out I was like, okay, here's what I don't want to experience or be right, and also here are the people that I really like and the kind of community that I want to surround myself with. And I think even though there was some terrible experiences born out of that, uh, it really was like the foundation for what I wanted my contribution to the space to be going forward, you know. How did you hook up with Yaku then? Were there some connections in that room or just through other avenues of opportunity that popped up? No, so one of the first groups that actually found the the Yaku program early on was uh, Zombie Punks, and the owner of that, Frankie, is a buddy of mine, 
And we had a connection through that group. Uh, he was one of the other people who departed from that group based on all of the shady shit that the the owner of it was doing. And he found the project was like, this is great. I'm really excited about it. I joined when there was literally, I think, fewer than like 500 members in the Yaku Corp Discord. And just started talking to our, our team lead, Dai Shizen, and was like, hey, man, I love what you're building. I'm shocked that there's not more attention around it already, but I'm also a little confused about the layout and how do the avatars work? What's the point of the bikes? I, I couldn't conceptualize it at the time. And so we just started talking casually in DMs, ended up exchanging phone numbers and calling each other a couple times here and there through WhatsApp and you know, explaining, hey, here's, here's my background. Uh, here's just some free information I'd like to give you on what I think you could be doing for marketing to increase the hype on your project. And over time, the, uh, just a friendship formed. And this is probably back all the way in like late November, early December. And at some point, oh, wow, he, okay. he said, uh, hey, man, you know, I think, I think you've got some really great ideas. I'd love if you're open to it to bring you on the team. And uh came came on at that point. I was very excited to do it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And that's when we started charting out, you know, hey, we need to better communicate. How do these different NFT collections work together? You know, what's the synergy between them? What's the long-term goal? And let's get some some marketing ramped up on that. And uh, it's just been great ever since. I've been, I've been very lucky to have joined a team of people that uh, one genuinely care about the space, and two are competent. <laughs> that's a that's an important combination of things. <laughs> Otherwise, you're chasing your tail, right? So oh yeah. Put things together, so and if they're organized, competent, uh, and can execute, then you know, it's easy to tell a story, right, and be out front. Oh, without you know, a bring doubt. In, bring in the masses in for sure. So, and so tell me more. Like, what, so what are you guys building? High level. Like, what are you so excited about? So long-term, the final delivery is a full open-world metaverse that will have all of the experiences that, that you can imagine. We, we want to be able to empower people to open their own metaverse businesses, whether that be a business that is creating assets within that metaverse, whether it's a real-world business that wants to have a more tangible online footprint and have a more personable online interaction with people. Uh, we want to include in that your favorite degenerate activities like gambling, right? We want to roll out the ability for racing. Uh, so from, from a really high level, we want to create a fully enveloped and fully functional online universe for people across the world to connect and have fun in. So you have the businesses, you've got the real world interactions, you've got the racing bit as well. Uh, there are a lot of metaverses out there. I've come to the conclusion that, you know, just like cities, states, countries, you know, people are going to migrate to certain parts of the metaverse that um, that attract them for certain reasons, right? So you can absolutely have many, 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 many uh, metaverses that are built out. You know, six, twelve months ago, I wouldn't fully grasp that. I don't think just as where, where I was with thinking about the metaverse back then, but I do believe that you're going to have just all these different kind of microcosms that people kind of gather in. But at the same time, you still will have a lot of competition. So, you know, Elon Musk went to Texas, right? From California. Right. People drew him in. You know, how, how do you think you're going to kind of differentiate the Yaku from all the other competition that, that's out there? 
Oh, it's a it's a very tough task, right? It's a tall order. Every day there's a new project that whether or not they are uh, building their own metaverse or they are metaverse adjacent, you know, there's there's lots of great projects that are coming out every day. And I think that that competition is good because it, it really just pushes our team to up our, our game, right? You can't, you can't be lackadaisical with your methodology and approach. And I think for us, the most important things probably are one, that we are going for a specific thematic look and feel. So okay. I, I, th I think that an issue that I personally have perceived recently is there's been a lot of uh, metaverse projects that have launched lately, and they all have a pretty similar look and feel. They're going for that high realism, you know, high detail, uh, but not necessarily unique look and feel. They're all great, but it's very difficult for them, like you said, to differentiate themselves for that reason. For us, going specifically with this sort of cyberpunk-themed, anime-inspired experience, I think that will be a really good differentiating factor. Could it make us potentially more niche? Uh, I think is possible, but I also think that 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 niche highly, highly, highly overlaps with the people that already exist in this space and the people that exist in the online gaming space as a whole. So I, I think that we're really well aligned with people's interests there. So I, I would say that's probably the the, the look and feel and the, the theme of the overall uh, metaverse itself. I would also say our goal for inclusivity is really important. Uh, we say that we want to be the Solana metaverse and we mean it. We want to be able to, uh, as an example, incorporate avatars from any collection that is out there as playable characters within our metaverse. So uh, some projects that we've already talked to uh, that we've had on some Twitter spaces and things like that. I'll give you as an example, uh, Jungle Cats. We want Jungle Cats to be able to play as themselves, race as themselves, visit the downtown as themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the Yakuverse, and that's also really our, our big goal for how we expand it, you know. Uh, our avatar collection has a cap of 7,000. Uh, not minted yet, but will be coming out uh, likely early April is what we're looking at there. Uh, some free alpha here. We do have uh, female avatars coming out. We had a, p a lot of people ask for them, so we're, we're redoing things, and we're going to be having a split of male-female. Uh, but... A game but with, on top of that, you could bring your own avatar to the game as well. Absolutely. Right. right, absolutely. Because a, a, a cap of 7,000 people interacting is not a, a metaverse, right? <laughs> it's a really limited, closed-off experience. And so exactly. for us, the roadmap to growth is by integrating these other collections. So, I mean, ultimately, in a perfect world, we would have every collection that has ever come out with a 3D metaverse uh, playable avatar uh, integrated and playable within the Yakiverse so that we could literally have 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 on and on uh, playable avatars that are, are ready to go. Yeah, that's pretty unique. Um, and that's how you can really bring the masses in. I think sometimes when they have these closed spaces of just 3,000 people, like what's going to happen? Obviously, they've got other things they'll do down the road, but there's not as much talk about trying to bring other avatars from other metaverses into the fold. And I don't think it's easy to, you have to have the right team uh, that can, can build the metaverse in a way that um, that allows that to happen.
Oh, absolutely. And that being and an think, IT guy, there's a bunch of stuff like, you know, improperability and the building on, you know, these different interfaces to make sure that the skins can slide over. I have no idea how the hell that stuff works. I know some guys do, but you got to have these, these characters built in the right way so that can happen. Luckily, the, the file types and things of that nature, full disclosure, I am also not uh, super well-versed in all of the IT side of these things, being the marketing communications guy. But luckily, being surrounded by intelligent people, I, I get to pick up some things here and there. And uh, luckily, it seems like the, the, the file types and things of that nature are all pretty universal. Okay. Uh, so there's there's like two file types that we can ordinarily work with, uh, GLB and FTX, I believe. I uh, hope I'm saying those correctly. No idea. And, that sounds perfect. Yeah, sounds great, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as long as we can get those, we can ordinarily work with some things. Now, uh, sometimes they may need a little bit of tweaking to incorporate them, but that normally doesn't take super long to do, to, to pull that off and make sure that everything incorporates correctly. Uh, being on Unreal Engine can sometimes pose a little bit more of an issue for us because a lot of people, if they're building like on, on Unity, those are two different uh, languages essentially. And so being able to transpose one to the other is not a super easy process and uh, it can it can take a little bit of time, but obviously something that we're willing to work with these projects and, and figure out, hey, can we get you in contact with someone that can help you with that process? Is there any way maybe for us in the future to potentially help facilitate changing these file types over? Uh, these, are, these are the sort of things that we're looking at. Yeah, there's a guy, there's a project actually, it's Intergalactic Monkey Space Odyssey. I don't know if you've had, if you've seen him on our show at all, but he's on there quite a bit. And he's kind of totally honed into that whole conversation and taking their avatars and having them kind of be interoperable no matter where, when. And I can't remember if it's like Real Engine or if it's Unity, but he seems to know that stuff from like X to Z. So, uh, or A to Z. So I don't know if you've got a, a contact that would want to work with him, but he could be a, a definite resource for you and other projects that are looking to try to figure that stuff out. So uh, oh, I'll absolutely. DM you afterwards. Yeah, I love that because it is a big thing, especially there's there's a lot of projects out there. Um, one thing that we had done for one of our earlier promotional items was we actually made a 3D avatar for a soul punk. Um, obviously, they're a 2D collection, right? Yeah. And they're, they're pixel art. And we had created actually an avatar for the soul punks. And with everything we're building right now, I don't know that our team is in a position to be able to do that for like full collections or other people, right? But it is something we've talked about because it is something that I think a lot of these collections that are not necessarily positioned right now to have a 3D avatar, that it's something that just as the metaverse becomes more and more of a, a focal point and, and you know speaks to the zeitgeist of where we are in the NFT world right now, I think more collections will be looking to create alternatives. Um, there's a really small collection out there uh, that is, I think, still currently minting. It was slow mint, uh, Soul Chippies. That they're they're like chipmunks, cute 2D art, you know, the uh, profile picture DAO, very very standard for kind of what you might imagine it would be, but they've also already got a full 3D model of the chipmunks as a as a playable avatar that they've already created because they decided pretty early on they were like yeah okay the main main goal of our project is just hey here's this cute 2D picture you get uh, but we want to be able to play in the space later. And so, you know, despite, despite it not really being uh, quote unquote in their roadmap, they went ahead and they just busted out 3d avatars as well. So I think you'll see, I think we'll see that a lot more. I think we'll see some of the old school, big 2d collections uh, looking to, to pivot and create either uh, 
companion collection, right, of 3D avatars were a whole new collection entirely. Yeah, you got to innovate, right? So you want to stay alive. It's so competitive out there. And I assume the community is demanding it, right? So as soon as those platforms are available to you know get out and have their, I guess, identity in these metaverses, um, you know, these, these different projects will, well, I assume, build it if they can afford it, right? Oh, and absolutely. They the right people. So, but if they don't, there's probably other resources they can leverage. Hopefully, it won't be too expensive. But um, I guess with 15 minutes left, let me ask you some more deep dive questions into to Yaku. So, yeah, for sure, man. You've got, at least as, as of right now, you kind of touched on kind of the, the experience, right? Uh, you've got event centers, casinos, public galleries that you've been thinking about uh, kind of putting together in the space. Dow Towers, I mean, the list goes on and on. Thinking about metaverses, you may have like a Chase Bank or some of these different um, companies that we all know and recognize at McDonald's having multiple locations, right, and different metaverses. So I can kind of see that um, being, you know, kind of built out and not just being in one metaverse. You'll have them wanting to be in several metaverses. Absolutely. So the opportunity to succeed and having all these different types of companies, uh, Best Buy, what have you, have a, a, a storefront makes a ton of sense just like they would in any other city, right? Absolutely. Um, and so, but tell me more about the, the, the NFT piece and the kind of the role that those play. Cause you've got the motorcycle, I've got a couple of those. I've got a couple of capsules now. I think I minted at least two um, space suites. So that was nice. Love that, top, good top pull. <laughs> and, and then the avatars, avatars are coming in April, obviously, which I don't know a ton about, but um, can you maybe just help me kind of pull in the three different NFTs offerings are there others coming down the road and then the kind of the maybe inherent value of holding those things long term yeah absolutely so uh this question is pretty common because it is it is uh irregular to have multiple collections within the same sort of project umbrella right and a lot of people ask the question okay well what's what's the benefit to having one or the other or really probably the most common question is what do i actually need like if i want to play the game what's the what are the things i absolutely have to have and yeah, because I have guys like I gotta, I'm gonna sell the uh, motorcycles now. I'm like, why? I'm like, no, I'm, 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 I get rid of them. I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't really fully know yet. So let me talk to these guys. Right, so right. So the uh, bikes are obviously necessary if you want to race and if you want to use them as transportation. Transportation on the open map. Uh, they can also be staked in the garage within your capsule. So we actually just this week launched and did our first airdrop of our token Yaku. And you get Yaku as a weekly airdrop for holding. Uh, and this is for all items in the collection for bikes, capsules, and for avatars when they launch. And so you not can actually also... staking, but you, if you're not listing it on an exchange, you, you do get the airdrop. Or do you need to do both? You get the airdrop if you are not listing, but then okay. additionally here down the line when uh, all the capsules are live, the garage is open, and we've got staking figured out, you'll be able to accumulate even more for oh, staking sweet. your bike in addition to that. So okay. that's one thing. Bikes are the only things that will be able to be staked. They are also the only thing uh, that will have rarity as a factor in their yield. So rarity will play a part in the staking yield, but not in the airdrops. Uh, so just for the staking specifically, but then in addition, perfect. To that, so I, got, I got two basic bikes. Great. Hey, that's hey. It's better than having no bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the future, you'll be able to rent them out. 
so another yeah. little uh, another little good way to monetize those um really i think personally that the bikes are slept on a little bit the bikes uh for the tokenomics really are sort of the hinge piece for how people acquire yaku so uh obviously you get the airdrop and the staking but the racing specifically you know we want to have a play to earn aspect to this and uh we've we've got like over 50 percent of the total token distribution is allocated towards racing based on our, our models and projections on how often people might be racing. So I think that the, the bikes are really something that people are, are underestimating their long-term value on. We'll see, we'll see how it shakes out obviously over time. Well, yeah, they're sitting at 575 soul right now. It looks like 5.75 uh, is the floor, which isn't too bad. No, it's pretty, pretty, I mean, we were, even. well, and we were a, a 0.5 mint on those only. So, you know, you're sitting at, 11x mint that's pretty yeah. that's pretty okay i'm not that's unhappy huge. with it but by any means i just i think long term it'll be interesting especially because we don't have any uh plans you know to roll out more bikes as of yet obviously if the game explodes and we have 200,000 players on a monthly basis like we would like for there to be you know it might be a place down the line where we do roll out a gen 2 or a gen 3 or something along those lines uh obviously hand in hand with our holders in our DAO to make a decision like that but right now no no roadmap for that so I think that those over time will will generate a lot of hype and a lot of excitement but to use a bike all you need is uh, the bike and an avatar for this specifically the racing game if you want to use it on the open map you need a bike a capsule and an avatar because the capsule is your specific key to actually access the open world, if that makes sense. Okay, gotcha. The capsule itself, you will be able to access it from a first-person view if you do not have an avatar, but you won't be able to go out into the universe or anything, right? So you'll have like a first-person perspective where you can display your NFTs if you want, where you can utilize uh, Yaku TV within your capsule, which is like... Uh, sort of like our integrated app system. So imagine like you're going to the app store, but from within your capsule. And so some of the apps that we've already confirmed that we'll have available in that are like Audius integration. So you can stream music, right? We'll have an integration into our online casino partners. So you can access their uh, casinos so like High Roller, Hippo Click, and Parlay. You'll be able to access those from within your capsule. We also have a partnership with Fellowship Dow, where you'll be able to access some proprietary uh, online learning modules from within the Yaku TV. So some videos on uh, beginning information on how to learn Rust and C++ and things of that nature. So those are those are some examples, uh, oh, lots nice. of retro gaming. So those will be available to you in your capsule as well. Uh, if you have a capsule and a bike, you'll be able to customize your bike in the capsule as well as stake it to earn more Yaku. If you have an avatar, so the avatar will, one, get you revenue share from future real estate sales. So as we expand the Yakuverse and more people are playing, we'll have to have more capsules and access points. And 25% of all of those sales will be distributed to Yaku X avatar holders. Those will also get you access, of course, to the Yaku Dow Tower, where you can access the Yaku social areas and things of that nature. Uh, and with your capsule, you'll also be able to customize your avatar and your wardrobe. And with a capsule and an avatar, you'll be able to access the open map. Now, this also goes for 
any avatar that's integrated. The only thing that is proprietary to the Yaku X, so our avatar specifically, is of course the revenue share, as well as access to the Yaku Dow Tower. But any other avatar, like if you have a Jungle Cat, or I've seen that DGen Apes are rolling out a 3D avatar, it looks like, very excited for them, love those yeah. guys over there. Uh, you'd be able to, let's say, log into your capsule and ride your motorcycle with your DGen Ape, and you'd be able to do all that customization on your motorcycle, uh, be able to visit the, the downtown area, visit events and things of that nature as your DGen Ape. Uh, all those things are available to you. The only things that are proprietary for the Yaku one are the revenue share and access to the Yaku Tower. Okay, gotcha. In order to get the avatar, do you need to hold a bike and a capsule, or is it just a capsule? For whitelist, yes, you'll have to have both. So for every pair that you have, you'll be able to get one mint on the avatar. So if you've got like three bikes and two capsules, you would get two whitelists. Gotcha. And what's do, do we know mint price yet? Don't know. You, Solana is still so all over the place. And I know that one yeah. soul is one soul, but sadly we've got you know deliverable dollar amounts to get the game built and not everyone we work with is paid via soul. So it kind of it's a t it's a tough deal for us. The original pricing uh, mind you, this was back when Seoul was like 170-ish dollars in that ballpark. We were looking at 1.3 for whitelist and 1.5 for public. So that was the original pricing. So we won't vary like by a lot. Um, original pricing on capsules, as an example, was two for whitelist, 2.5 for public, and we upped it by 0.5 was all. Uh, even though again at the time Seoul was like 170 bucks, and when we minted it was 100 so it was it was down significantly more than just a 0.5 increase but it's just there's taste weird bad taste in your mouth if you're bumping up your mint prices by like one and two soul you know um yeah yeah but the market's so in flux right now i think people understand if it drops by a bunch or goes up by a bunch there it's palatable right to some extent to some extent for sure but it still is like if we can if we can for us it's all about can i implement the roadmap for this number of dollars without True. gouging people, you know, and we feel if we feel like, Hey, we can, we can comfortably pull this off for a slightly less increase than what would be comparable to where the market's at. Then we, we want to, we want to err on that side. So with avatars, rarity doesn't really matter. It's just maybe based on the look of the avatar that you may like, but access to the Dow and the revenue splits all the same. Correct. Correct. The only other uh, piece of it that may be important to some people is obviously we'll have rarity uh, in our avatars, just like we do our bikes. And even though customization is really big on our roadmap that you'll be able to use Yaku uh, in the metaverse store to be able to like, let's say, upgrade your tires on your bike or change sure. the skin on it, change your avatars haircut. Uh, the really rare items. So anything that appears with less than 10% frequency in the collection will never be available for sale in the metaverse store. So if you mint, as example, a one of five uh, avatar outfit or haircut or anything of that nature, no one would be able to buy that trait and customize their avatar later by adding it. Uh, it would only be available via the one. Okay, I gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, I think that's a good rule to have. It kind of makes it it makes it makes it a little fun, you know, because obviously, you can I think acquire it, then who cares, right? But if yeah. it's something that can never be attained other than trade, uh, that's pretty cool. Well, and I think that we will likely over time. I mean, we will continue to roll out new things in the store for people to to use to update and change their 
their assets, you know, and I think that we'll have some cool collaborations in that realm for, for unique, uh, low volume drops that I think people might find even cooler than some of the stuff that gets minted. I'm sure, I'm just sure it's bound to happen, but yeah, there's okay, also, yeah. there's also just the love of your mint, right? It's your first, it's your first love. It's the one you got originally by luck of the draw. And there's something kind of cool about that. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. With a few minutes left, um, the space suites, you know, that I've got here, just it's the size of, is it, is it you can have people in the space obviously um the capsules or the or the smaller room is a little bit smaller is there any sort of difference as experience goes between the, the three different sizes the big differences obviously are uh of course the size right you have more okay. room and opportunity to customize your space uh we are preparing to announce a couple of other differences so so questions about the differences in the sizes is something that we've gotten a lot and uh, of course, people are interested in knowing. Ooh, is 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 there something else that's cool and proprietary to my more rare space? And so we thought it would kind of be fun to add in some extra things. So uh, some things that I'll go ahead and share that have not been shared yet, as an example, is we're planning on, as we roll out some of these asset customization options in the store, that we will go ahead and create some proprietary upgrades that can only be purchased if you are the holder of a suite or a penthouse. This may also sometimes oh, nice. include free drops. So there may be things that we drop uh, for free as an upgrade in your penthouse only that's not available to say a pod or a suite or something that's only for suites as well. And that'll create some, some cool gamification in that way. There are also some things that come with it automatically that just will not be able to be upgraded at all. So on the space suites, they do have an exterior terrace that looks out over, over the city. Uh, the penthouse has a, a rooftop with a pool on it. Uh, both of those are proprietary to those levels. So you won't be able to like attach a terrace to your pod. Uh, the terrace gotcha. will always be proprietary to that level. So those are, those are just some examples. Um, there's a couple other cool things that are coming out that will be specific to each tier that I, I can't reveal yet. But I think people will be excited to know that we're, we're thinking about some other ways to differentiate those, those tiers. All right, final question, um, or two actually. One, what are you most excited about? And then two, maybe answer this one first. You know, what are you most concerned about with the project? What concerns you most or keeps you up at night? I would say what keeps me up at night is just uh, making sure that we continue to deliver at the speed that we have. We've gotten a really good reputation so far of like, the, the Yaku devs deliver, and we want to continue to hang our hat on that. Um, and to do that, we've really got to grow the team correctly. And I think that's honestly been the biggest struggle and the thing that has been more difficult than I would have thought it would have been. Uh, because not only do we need to find people who are qualified and have the experience that, that we need, right, but we're very particular about the intangibles, uh, people's character, you know, where do their values line up. And 100%. in this in this crazy world... Culture is uh, important. It's so important, and find, and it's it's harder to really nail that down with with people online, you know. Uh, for whatever reason, I I can tell you we've already had at least one or two experiences of of people that we've looked at who uh, their their tune on what their time was worth changed significantly when they saw the amount generated from our mints, and. I'm not getting rich off this project, you know. I'm still working a nine to five, trying to trying to do my best and and get get everything done as well as I can, with hopes of going full time to Yaku one day, right? But like I'm I'm one of the original 
team members to, to months and months ago, and I'm still not financially there, right? So uh, that can be a little disconcerting at times, and it does keep me up at night going, I hope we can find the correct people that have the right skills, who of course we're going to pay well, but are not in it to get uh, rich quick, seemingly, if that makes sense. That's that's yeah. definitely what keeps me up late at night, I would say. Um, most excited about, I'm excited for the day that the map opens more than anything. Uh, the capsule apps for accessing your capsule is going to be live literally in just like a week or two. It's going to be very quick. Oh, that's sure. that's super exciting. But to me, I'm most excited about the day when people can can leave their capsules, right, and go out into the world and kickstart that experience because that to me is going to be the, the signal for everything else that is to come because we've got a lot of great ideas. I keep saying, and I, I don't know if people think I'm crazy or if they don't believe me, but I want uh, Yaku Corp to become a franchise. I want our reach to far exceed the current base of Solana users. I want to create a media franchise, truly, that, that you know, one day, and I don't know how long it'll take, uh, can Marvel uh, or, or stack up to things that we've seen, like, with League of Legends, you know, where they've got, like, a Netflix show now that's very successful. Uh, I want to be, be at that level, and I think it's very doable. It's just a, a long, concerted effort of... of putting in the, the work every day, putting in the hours to take what's ours, as, as Dwayne The Rock Johnson would say. <laughs> I love that guy. No, I think if anyone can make it happen, it's you. As long as you got the right team behind you, you know, you've put together a pretty good resume with the public relations piece, the digital strategy, kind of the, the will to take that, um, kind of that marketing public relations piece back in college and make it a real business. You know, the, 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 the sky can be the limit as long as it's the right product, right? So, um, you know, I'm excited for what you guys are doing and where you're going to take this thing. And yeah, sky's the limit. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on uh, the show today. Grateful to have you. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper, but because of time, have to cut us a little bit short. Uh, promise me we can come back maybe the next month or two as you guys continue to build out. And we can maybe spend an hour and a half and go a little bit deeper. Uh, I'd love that if you're open to it. Oh, I'd love that, man. I uh, These are some of my favorite things to do. I've, we've been trying to do more and more of the spaces. And, and this is the first podcast that we've done, uh, you know, as, as Yaku Corp. But I'd love to do more in the future. So very open to those opportunities, man. I look forward to it. All right, uh, Grim. Thanks so much for jumping on the show, guys. This has been the Mooncast with Moon Roving BTC. We'll have Yaku Corp and Grim and the team on here again. Grateful for you guys. Also want to give a shout out to Stargate uh, Dow, who is our uh, our sponsor that we're presented by with our shows on the spaces that we do as well as this podcast. So yeah, thank you to uh, thank you to Stargate. Just to, just one last quick little plug. Yeah. Uh, Moon Moon Roving is great for anyone who's who's just maybe finding his content. Uh, he does these Twitter Spaces so frequently and just gives a free platform to all of these these new and existing projects. And he's so any anyone that's willing to sponsor a show and and kind of put put some dollars in this guy's pocket you're cool with me <laughs> yeah we're grateful for sure and hopefully you know we'll, we'll meet you there we'll, we'll take this uh this concept and we'll go we'll go global or even more global than we have with the show is and yeah absolutely into, who knows maybe cnbc will hire us one day so anyhow um but yeah brother it's been fun hanging out with you grim thanks for for the time uh god bless you be safe and we'll we'll catch up with you soon and if we don't talk good luck with the uh, the avatars in april absolutely i appreciate it man i'll talk to you soon all right brother cheers cheers